Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. So this is where I wish the roundups had a full on video, just because you can see the dances. And usually, usually I dance on my own, which is really sad on these podcasts because uh, not everybody joins me, but if Steph is on, I know I'm going to get a dance-off, which I'm really, oh, really yeah. happy. So thank you, Steph. we, we got to have the moves. <laughs> it's one of those things that not many people talk about. So dear listener, now you're getting the insider scoop. It can be hard, no matter how many interviews I've done. I think I must have done at least 600 in the space of five podcasts that I've run. At the beginning, when you press recording, even if you just start talking or you keep on talking, it can be hard sometimes to kind of get back into the swing of things. I've seen people obviously starting the recording when the guest comes in and I think it's clever in a way. But what I found personally with our guests is that sometimes they get really, what's going on, recording, am I, should I, what? And then I feel like a poor Steph who's here now, who then has to go around and try and cut the perfect time to hit the actual, okay, this is what people really want to start listening. So actually my question to you, Steph, is when it has happened, because I've done it a few times where I put a recording on and we just ease people in. What would be your suggestion or what do you do when you're trying to figure out when is the moment to actually start the recording and how much of fab rambling about random shizzle should I keep in? <laughs> Where's the sweet spot? Well, usually if you start rambling on, it goes a bit long. Then you tend to tell me in your voice note, <laughs> Steph, cut after this. <laughs> I try and do a train of thought type of editing so as long as you can gather what you started off talking about or that is explained further on that's usually a good point because you're not left a little bit too much in the mystery mode of going what am I listening to is this the right podcast I clicked on so, but I, I do think that. fans are, are probably used to random starts <laughs> on the podcast the listener is like it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's, it's been a long time coming. I'm, I'm getting used to it. And I think that's the problem as well is the balance between thinking about the dear listener again. Hi, who have been listening for a while. Hi, hello again. And then the new listeners were like, oh, I got 
this recommended or it appeared in my explore feed or somebody said you should listen to this then not panic about what am I getting myself into it's finding that nice sweet balance but then for example when I listen to podcasts that I love and I've been listening to a while I actually love the idea of them coming in with the conversation so I find that it's really really interesting how that balances out itself yeah no I feel like some podcast feels nice to feel like you're entering a room with a bunch of people you know and you're kind of catching something you're like oh that's an interesting conversation I want to join I feel like some people try and do that rather than be this is what you're listening to and it's more of a lesson or something you're going to learn and and it feels a bit more robotic in that kind of presentation way versus you're just listening to a couple of people sat on a couch talk about a specific thing that might be interesting. That's a great segue, actually, because today we're rounding up. <laughs> uh, we're rounding up about us, but the reason why we're rounding up about us, obviously, Steph is here, so we're rounding up about the school is literally because of what you just said. I wanted to talk about and discuss community building because it's a topic that a lot of people inside our community actually ask us to talk about, the irony, right? But also when it looks at behind the scene, having had two communities and, and Steph was actually helping me out with the community of my old business. That's why I brought you back in to talk about this. I know as a community builder for many, many years, how hard it is and how much it shifts. So I thought every so often, obviously, Steph comes back and we peek behind the scenes. We talked about YouTube before. We talked about so many things, the certification, which is currently running. Also because we're going to talk about community this week in the certification. So it just felt right this coming week. But also I think communities change so much. And I found that the best communities are the ones where with a lot of work, I want to say, you build that idea of feeling like you are part of something that is already there, that is friendly, that is welcoming. But also you can then make it yours without feeling like you're not putting enough work into the community as a member or you are falling behind. So I love what you mentioned about podcasting, the feel conversational, because I generally believe that's what great communities are. And it's funny how it is proportional, how conversational and welcoming it feels. You know, the, the more that feels casual, the more work and iteration and auditing and changing and fuck-ups you have to do. <laughs> It's weird because you would imagine it would be the other way around. It's like you just show up, whatever, you open it up and people do their thing. We actually learned, and I want to hear your thoughts on this because we talked about it so much, uh, also privately and in the past. There's so much about you having to educate your community about how to use the community to make it feel effortless. And I think we we don't realize that sometimes if we want to build a membership or community whatever is going to fit within your business model. But if you're listening because you're interested in communities today, I think it doesn't matter what kind of community you're building. That element of education, of actually how to use and mashing the objections, not just before people join, but when they have joined, it's so important. And I think we talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah, we talked about everything community. <laughs> like literally the ins and out from beginning to end, like how to make it work, how to sort of pivot with some shifts that you see within it, trying different things. It's kind of like a whole roundup. And I think it's the same thing with if people either aren't used to joining communities or they've been long going in other communities, I think every single one's different depending on who you've got in it too and the purpose of them. Because like you say, 
making it look so easy takes a lot of work. And I feel there probably is a small percentage out there of people that literally open a community room, everyone joins in, they're all really chatty and it kind of rolls by itself nearly. But I don't think that's the norm. I think it's probably more you have to put in the structure for people to feel like they can be part of it without too many barriers in the way because you're going to have the shy people you're going to have the more extroverted people but you also on the back end have to make sure that it stays alive I I think we mentioned it probably it's a bit like a fire I kind of think about it it's kind of you can set the fire on but you need to keep it going with giving it something to go on because if you Sometimes if you get too much on the side without either putting prompts or trying to get people to interact, it can die off quite quickly, I think. And it's also educating people what platform you're using because there's so many different platforms for communities. And we've talked before about probably like the overwhelm of having too many different places to go to and they all work differently. And people go like, oh, I don't want yet another thing to learn about. And I think there's all kind of these objections that, like you say, you have to be really clear about. And then once people understand it, it makes it really easy. But it's always a hurdle when you start a community, especially that you have to think of yourself as the new person coming in. And what do you need to cover for them to understand how to be a member and be active in it too? What would you say to that? It's actually interesting you mentioned that because it kind of made me think about the rekindling on the fire and the issue that we've had. So now I'm going to get into some of the things that we've done so that it must be in the beans. I love to talk about what works <laughs> and what doesn't. I'm not afraid of doing that. And I think it's been a big learning curve. So let me just backtrack a tiny bit to explain the positioning, which we have mentioned before a few times. Obviously, if you've been listening to all the episodes, first of all, well done, dear listener. I am impressed. You might remember talking about the community and how it works inside and some of the things as we incepted it. So just to give us context, we started the community mainly as an addition for the alumni. So you do the certification and then you have a place to go. And obviously we developed it then furthermore, where I was like, <laughs> I said to Steph, stop me before I build another community that needs a lot of work because I've done it for my old business. I think that going back to that fire and the rekindling and interactions, one of the biggest problems that we had was understanding what the audience wanted in my old business, being only entrepreneurs. And so finding that they wanted the prompts, but they didn't want the prompts. They struggled with the time, but they wanted to make sure they could get something out of it. And getting them to come back and obviously find the value within that was hard because we didn't know exactly what was the main pull for them, you know, to kind of come back and do things Uh, because obviously the community was the main business. So for the school, I was like, okay, we naturally started to shift into the community space for the, for the students and for the alumni. And I was thinking, okay, why, why would I want to come back? And now I had to realize that some people were coming our way that were not just alumni. What is the positive of certificate students and alumni is that they've had experience with me and also people in their own cohorts. So if we have a monthly call where we talk about, you know, progress and the good and bad and the ugly, they're going to show up because obviously they are more familiar with me and with us and with some of the people that are going to show up as well. Whereas obviously if you bring somebody new, as um, Steph mentioned, somebody shy, somebody doesn't know you know, what they're supposed to be doing or they don't know, you know, if they can join an event. It's almost like, am I crashing a party right now? So I was like, okay, so we try some things. What did not work? Based on that, I was like, okay, we're opening up to people that are completely new to us potentially. 
what's going to happen? So we tried first to have multiple channels, which is something that you will see a lot in communities, multiple places for people to interact. We tried goal setting within channels. Spoiler alert, it didn't work <laughs> at all. And that was part of the realization, obviously, by getting feedback and by trying and seeing that it didn't work. Some of the things that came up, and this is where consumer feedback behavior, but also just what people say really matters. What we realized is that the inception of the school was to get people to learn. So a community for the students, obviously, what we have within the community, you access all of our on-demand courses, all of them, they're all in that. So that's a big pull. And that's one of our membership tiers has that. But then we're also like, but we want to give more of that community support to people. And we had to figure out that things like prompts or just channels, less was more for us. And it is more for us because our people, I'm going to call them our students at this point because they are the rebels, but they're our students. They come back when they have a question or when they want to share something and when they didn't help into the channels. So going back to what Steph mentioned, for interaction purposes, the channels were not working as the pool to bring them back. Because they were not going to be, unless they had a question, they were not going to check in weekly to see what was going on in the channels. Because if they didn't have a need, they were probably not going to check it yet. So that's not the primary pool. That's how I see in communities as a primary pool. Sadly for our, or sadly, just matter of fact, for our community wasn't that. And then I started to testing with events. And as one of the pools, obviously the courses are there forever, but then the events piece as well. And this is where in this last quarter we're shifting. So I want to hear Steph's opinion now, because this is the first time she hears that. First of all, we've been doing um, some free events in the past couple of months that have been really good just from a lead generation perspective for us. And we're partnering with people. And I'm happy to say that because I set up systems. Yes, you know, I was going to say systems. <laughs> people should take a system shot every time I say systems. <laughs> a shot of coffee every time I say systems in a podcast, because there's a lot. I've been able now to book us all the way to the end of December plus a bit of January. We have events almost every week. And they're good for me because they're easy for us to set up. A lot of them are partnerships. Some of them are with our affiliates. Some of them are with new people that want to teach. But it just makes sense for us because there's a great tool and it just works. And actually by setting up the right systems, take a shot, we're able to offer this to the public for a certain number of seats. And then our members can drop in and out and join some of these workshops. They're short because our people want short workshops. They're very specific on topics and there's a good variety. So that's the first thing. And then what I'm thinking about, which is especially when I want to hear your opinion. So we're going to test this and see whether what has been working will work if we do it this way. And then reassess the next quarter, the beginning of the year and see, is this worth a while? Keep doing this number of events with these people to kind of grow. And the other point was now, we only have one office hours a month, which is not a problem, but we're finding that it's still attended, but not to the scale that I would like. And it's good that there are some people that come back again and again, but newer members struggle to show up. So tell me what you think, Steph. Dear listener, we're going to do it here. Steph is going to give me some pure <laughs> coaching. I'm thinking of having, and then we'll decide by the end of this call if it's going to happen, a weekly call every Wednesday. So usually workshops are going to be on a Thursday, unless somebody really cannot make it and it's a really good event. But we're putting on a Thursday in this automated calendar where people can choose the date and it goes into their calendar. So even better. But on Wednesdays, we have office hours usually once a month. And I'm thinking of actually having one event each Wednesday, having it kind of different, like slightly different things, like starting with setting up a goal or a strategy for the month together with actually peer kind of writing it down and creating a little schedule. We can send whoever joins, they can then receive their little plan afterwards. Again, all, all automated, but we can do that. Having the office hours as well, then having a separate kind of sprint-ish event because every week we work on a little challenge 
based on the topic of the month. So we're thinking of separating that. And also having, and the final Wednesday, or one of the Wednesdays would be also a mixer. And the mixer will be an opportunity for people to meet, but also the mixer will be also open to the public. So people that want to join the community, but they're not sure, they can get a, sh a short 10-minute overview of the community. And then after that, we open the event also to members, and that can be a bit of a mixer as well. So every week, we're sorry, every week we're going to have this on a Wednesday at different times. By same time for each type of event, but different times so that we can cater for different people on the Wednesday. And at least we give them the option to join for one. Low preparation on my side. Everything will be kind of easy for us to set up. And I will see it's an hour of my time. But I'm thinking this could be a way to be like, depending on who you are and what do you need, you know that these things are there every month. And then the workshops can be less about me hosting them and me giving a platform to somebody else. And I've seen that this is a good pool for the members. But I still felt that there wasn't enough for it to be a pool at the time. It's like there was only a couple of options, very limited, very specific. And I wanted to make it a bit broader. Doesn't mean they were going to do it forever, but I think it could be an interesting test. Steph, roast me right now. I'm ready. <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> I'll put the oven on 180. I think initially my thought was, yeah, it sounds every week is quite a lot. If it is, like you say, no, well, low preparation and it's more turning what would be sort of office hours. I think with office hours, I think we found over over the years with this community and the community before is, I think, like you say, unless someone has something specific they want to ask, they might not want to join or they don't see the poor they'll forget about it or you know whatever it is and I think some are a bit scared to go in and think oh if no one else is in like I'm the only one turning it into more of an event type because events for us have always been all good and they're always interactive even in the chats so I think it kind of breaks the ice on one and making it more of a thing that's a little bit more guided I would say kind of breaks that sort of ice for people that are not maybe used to it and they might be a bit scared of just going this is my question in front of everyone if there are prompts and it even if you don't think you need anything you might actually find through listening to other people's like questions or things that they have going on it might prompt you to think about your own questions as a test for the next few months if you think I always turn it back to if you think the data and the sort of research, we always talk about market research. And I think it's not only for outside market research, it's internal market research. So if, if people have been asking certain things and we see kind of them going towards a certain aspect, I think we've always gone, let's test it out. Like do it for a month, do it for two months, see if it works. If it doesn't, We'll try something else. But if what we're doing right now, you're seeing the numbers aren't actually there or there's a bit of reticence to get in and really join and get the most out of it of what we're offering, why not? If as long as you know, as long as it doesn't turn out into something that isn't manageable within the time scale. I love that you mentioned that. That's literally, you know, your people when they know exactly what's going to be like the biggest corporate was going to get you to to like potentially kind of injure all of your efforts. Thank you for mentioning that. And that's one of the things that I want to reflect back to you. And also anybody you're listening and you're like, oh, this sounds like a lot. Another important thing is that if you're running a community of any point, the problem is I didn't want to go back to a new community, but then I enjoy so much 
so much being in live events and teaching people and hearing their voice and seeing them teach each other and support one another. We went to hot seats and Steph was with us for the cohort. And it was beautiful to see them reflect and talk to each other. We finished off seats, um, Steph left, but then we talked for another 15 minutes about some of the interesting things that people learn from one another. And that to me is a very special place. And I find that sometimes it can be really lonely, regardless of what kind of marketer you are. Most marketers are in a team of one, even in a company. And so you're just talking to your colleagues, but you don't get any fresh perspective on things. If you're a freelancer, even less so. Part of me was like, what would I actually enjoy spending more time on for the community to actually bring more value? Aside from the fact that we have templates and we have courses, which is great. And you can literally just have, there's a membership tier that just allows you to access that. And that's fine. You don't need that support. You just want to get the, just the fact, matter of fact training. That's great. But if you're looking for a tiny bit more and you're looking to actually get some uh, actionable feedback, we're doing it anyway. And for me, it's a lot easier to give that in a call than to do, even if I do them, on a video loom as a response to a post. I would do that if it's needed a thousand percent. But I find that also for people, it's harder to write it down and kind of and do it that way. Whereas, you know, if it becomes something they can share and they can showcase um, and they can get feedback on that, I think it's so powerful. So I kind of thought of you when I thought about, is this format the one that makes the most sense for us? And I was like, to try, yes, because I know that I would enjoy it. And I reflected back to anybody else who's thinking about maybe, you know, improving their community or running their community or shifting their community is, what do you want your community to be about in a way that gives value to your audience that gives them options, but also that will uh, prompt you to show up, you know, and be like, I want to show up because I actually enjoy this side of my community. Because you have to be honest, running a community can mean a lot of things. And sometimes we do something because everybody says you should do a weekly prompt with a question. And it worked in 2020 and 2019. It stopped working in 2022 for a lot of communities. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work for yours. For us, it stopped working. And I was like, well, and I didn't, it's just a, I mean, it's a great automated prompt, but I was like, it's an automated prompt. What can I do instead that will bring me closer to our people, that will give them more value, and that would actually get them to also create a community among themselves? So that's kind of how I thought about it. And it doesn't mean that it's going to work forever, but I wanted also to create something that is scalable in the way that, and again, this is another thing that I was thinking about, and tell me what you think. I was like, if I were, and I think this is really important for anybody, just wanted to add a bracket there. If I were then to outsource some elements because life happens, because I need to take a break, because I'm on holiday for a month, who knows? But I still want things to happen. Can I create something that I can hand over to somebody else for a certain period of time and it's easy for them to pick it up or understand how it works or run it without me having to be on it? I think that's been a big problem if I solely base the community on me. But if I find a way to create something that obviously can run with a facilitator a lot of the time, or whether it's a workshop hosted by somebody else or a goal setting session that is easily kind of structured and repeatable, then as long as I have the right people in to facilitate, that's also very important, I can step back. And I think we talked about this in the last couple of quarters, haven't we? We actually came back to this conversation about finding the balance. And I think that's one of the biggest issues, especially if you're running a community. I think we think we need to step in as constantly teachers and leaders, but actually becoming facilitators can set you free, I find. I would totally agree. I think we've had 
the moments when you realize you kind of throw everything but the kitchen sink at it and it's too much both for you and both for for the community I think it's sometimes taking away the fluff and really going back to the core things that do work. And I completely support you with trying to find the way that works for you, because as much as you have to listen to what other people want, you think, oh, I need to do an event every week now because that's how that's what works. But you're really not that type of person or you, it doesn't like inspire you whatsoever. Then you think, OK, well, what does work? What does work for me? to be able to to bring value to that isn't something that takes too much away from yourself. And I think, again, with that thing of stretching yourself too far is another aspect of going, right, I've, I've got too many things on and you can't delegate because, like you say, it's all revolving around you as a, as a person people go to. For communities, it's more enabling other people to learn from each other with sort of a guide there, communities have specialties. So you kind of a guide, you offer everything you can every now and then, but a lot of the chatter is between other people that will learn off each other once, you know, they get to that point. So I think I would support you. Obviously, when you're starting off, it's a bit harder, like you want it to be that that's your thing and that's totally good but you do have to think of it in the long run where if you feel like you literally can't take a day off and you feel like it's not something that you want to do like be there constantly I would I would question like maybe it's a bit too much and do they really need that much or can you take a step back and simplify it what do you think about sort of that progression with the things we've seen over time I think simplification is the hardest thing because you always think communities need more. And actually what they need is less, but better. And that's part of the thing where looking at it with two events a week, for some people, when you talk to some people, it might seem too much. When you look at some people, it might seem not enough. You know, there are great communities out there. Enterprise Nation is one that comes to mind because it's UK-based. And they have lunch and lunch every day. They have at least another one or two events every day. And that's a big pull for them. And people, obviously, when you have a big community, you're like, well, people can join. And every day you have creative mornings as well. Every single morning there's a new workshop and this is a free community and you can access all these workshops for free. And it just works because they bring the right people in because that's what they want to be. And so for them, actually, one event a day is not too much. And some people that you talk to and you like two events a week, it's too much. As you say, it's about making it simple and systems sorry again you're gonna be drunk on coffee system help you know that's part of the simplification is take out what doesn't work so for example for us is really we want to keep our channels to be core channels so we're going to relook at that there have been some changes in like the channels are less channels but more effective you know the library will grow because it will grow but that's just you know everything that we offer in the library you can also buy separately but you can see it's all access pass if you do it with the library so if you join the community it's more efficient in a lot of ways then i'm I'm always like okay if we're going to try this let's try it and then find a way to make it more seamless that is part of the simplification is twofold it can be sometimes taken out and sometimes it's like actually things are working so how can i make it more efficient and effective so that's kind of how i see it so i got the work cut out for me haven't i <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to redo a roundup with what you've learned from the last experiment. I, we, we will surely do. So wait for 2024 to hear more about how the community has grown and has shifted 
One thing I can tell you just to finish off is once we have redone the landing page for the community, that has been bringing a lot more members in. Just going to point that out. So dear listener, let me know if you want to hear more about that in one of our future roundups. I'm more than happy to talk about some of the changes we've done as some of these landing pages and how it has affected that. But in the meantime, if you are interested in joining us, we would absolutely love for you to do that. You can literally just join to access our courses and you can also access the project boards for the courses that where you get feedback, but that's it. Or you can say, actually, I also want to join the community. So what I will say, go to amschool.click slash library to find out more about how can you join our all access pass and choose the tier that works for you. And hopefully we'll see a one of power now monthly events that are going to be coming up. We have so many incredible things. I'm just going to spoil. There's a couple of big companies we're going to talk to with some really cool panels as well by the end of the year. So it's a good time to join. It means you always get a seat. You know, we have some public seats, but they are limited. Whereas for our members, there's always a spot. <laughs> That's kind of how we're planning to do it. Come and join us. And thank you so much, Steph, for joining us again. If you want to find out more about some of the amazing work she does, including obviously editing this podcast, but more other things, just go in the show notes and you will find also her personal website. Her portfolio has been updated. So I'm very excited. Remind us again, the website is actually called, just before we close off, it's called Plant Powered Media. So go and check out in the show notes. And until next time, class dismissed. 